Please be seated. Since we are in the midst of the World Series, I thought I would start today's sermon by asking, who's on first? When I was young, probably um, in about the sixth grade, a friend of mine invited me to a revival at a local church in the small Midwestern town that I grew up in. I remember going there and I remember very clearly the itinerant preacher who had come through to speak, taking all of the children downstairs into the undercroft and sitting them all down and beginning his remarks by saying, getting to heaven is like a baseball game. And it went downhill from there. <laughs> but since we are in the midst of the World Series, baseball metaphors are with us. So who's on first? That's the question that the Pharisees bring to Jesus today. And it's an ancient question. It's not just a question they use to trap Jesus. Our Jewish brothers and sisters have been debating about how to structure and bring precedence to the 613 commandments of the Torah, now well into their third millennium. And it's not meant to be funny. It's true that it is in the discussion and the debate, as our Jewish brothers and sisters have disclosed to us and shared with us, that the reality of the tradition comes to life. So if you go to a place in the rabbinical tradition where uh, Jews are discussing matters of commandments and law, it's not that someone stands up and speaks, it's that they get together in small groups or one-on-one -on -one and they debate and discuss. That's where God is active. That's where the tradition comes to life. So in that sense, there's nothing at all unusual in the lawyer's question to Jesus today. It is a reminder that our scripture is only alive when we engage with it and bring it into our daily lives. Jesus' response recalls the prayers, the ancient prayers of his people, because he brings together this verse out of Leviticus today with another passage from the book of Deuteronomy. The Shema Yisrael, the Hear, O Israel, a prayer that was said twice daily and is still said twice daily in many parts of the Jewish tradition. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Jesus probably prayed that every day. It probably rolled off his tongue just as the Lord's Prayer rolls off ours. And it is through that lens, Jesus says, that we interpret the rest of the commandments and all of Scripture. This is what we bring 
in our reading. So who's on first? Jesus then turns the question back on his questioners. He raises to them another puzzle of scripture. This one is about the Messiah. He poses to them the opening of Psalm 110, which is attributed to David. And he poses it over and against the prevailing opinion about the Messiah being born, a son of David. How then, Jesus asked them, could David call one of his descendants Lord? Who does that? The puzzle is primarily meant to befuddle his opponents. Maybe Matthew's community, which heard this, this version of the gospel for the first time, might have itself been wrestling with various understandings about Jesus' Davidic lineage. But the eternal theme of Jesus' riddle goes to the very heart of the problem in today's gospel, which is not so much about what scripture says, but about how it's being used. Jesus catches those who abuse scripture in their own trap. The trap is to try to entangle and entrap their neighbor, Jesus. And that, Jesus is pointing out to them in not so subtle a way, is an abuse of the sacred text. It is fundamentally a corruption of their calling to heal, rather than wound, to free rather than to ensnare, to love rather than hate. What Jesus is telling us is that if we read scripture as a source of our own power over others, it becomes very quickly an unholy maze. But if we read it to seek God's deeper purpose in conversation with our lives and in love of our neighbors, it becomes a road, a pathway to holiness. Jesus' concern is not about getting to heaven as though it's somewhere out there. Jesus' concern is about bringing heaven here, holy living right now. Our job is about putting God first and focusing on the challenge of loving our neighbors as ourselves. Leviticus is not a beautiful text, and yet Jesus' understanding brings beauty to today's passage. It puts it in the right perspective. Loving our neighbors as ourselves in a life of mutual accountability and community like this one is our primary calling. And it is here and now, Jesus might say, that the kingdom of heaven begins among us. So what do we say in the midst of the World Series? Who's on first? 
Well, maybe we're all on first together, getting ready to run in love for each other. And God is at that. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.